Welcome to Selfie Development, a podcast about the weird and wonderful world of wellness and self-improvement. Each episode, we look at a different wellness trend or practice to find out what actually works and what's kind of a waste of time and energy. I'm Katie Gordon, a yoga teacher and coach. I'm Annabelle Lee. I write about wellness. Come and find us at Selfie Development Pod on Instagram for more wellness chat. Hi, Katie. Hi, Annabelle. Are you super curious? No. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about the rise of low and no alcohol living? Yeah, I mean, if people don't want to drink, that's great, isn't it? I guess it's good that there is less societal pressure to like have a drink. I don't want to be sober, but if you do, great. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. What do you think? I think I am a bit sober curious. Oh. I just tried January. Okay. I'm trying to drink less like at home. I'm trying to I'm trying to drink only in like social situations. Mm. But I don't think I want to give up drinking completely, but I do as I'm getting older I just feel like for me it's about weighing up is the benefit of the drink worth the negative of how I'm going to feel? Do you mean in terms of like hangover or anxiety or? Yeah, it's it's more physical, like physical, like tiredness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, I used to get so anxious. And I think when in my 20s, when I drank too much, definitely, I hadn't pieced together that, you know, drinking is literally terrible yeah too much booze makes me anxious for sure like anxiety yeah but I don't drink enough now to get that Mm, yeah I don't tend to drink at home unless I'm drinking with the people that I live with and then it'll be like a couple of drinks yeah I generally only drink when I go out yeah yeah I think even if you identify as like somebody that's sober or sober curious that there is, I think people are more aware of mm. the negative impacts of drinking. Sure. So it's estimated that 9 million people, including me, tried to try January this year. There's a, another thing called Sober Spring, which I think runs from March to June. And That's this, a long time. Yes, I know. I thought about it, but I'm going to Ibiza in the middle of the so I decided not to do that. That's the opposite. Of sober. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's sober October. There's lots more things like low alcohol options. Mm-hmm. Less, you know, it's less like oh, you just have to have a diet coke if you're right. going. At, you know, more mocktails, more drink. Yeah. Um, low alcohol options for wines and beers and spirits. It's a big industry now. It's a massive industry. So according to some research, there's a great BBC article on this around generational drinking. Mm. Younger people are less likely to drink. Younger people are more cautious, more aware of the health implications, especially the mental health impacts. And I thought this statistic was fascinating, that 49% of Gen ZZ um, say that their online image is always at the back of their minds when they go drinking. It's like being a celebrity, being a teenager, isn't it? You don't want to get caught. Well, I think there is a a sort of image, isn't there, of like a messy millennial. Hello. Yes. Who, (laughs) you know, did our 
<laughs> formative drinking years before social media. Yeah, no one's got pictures of exactly. us falling in bushes and stuff. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's a massive change in perceptions. And like you said, I think the fact that it's an option, it's not kind of seen as a sort of, oh my God, you're not drinking. Well, sometimes. Do you think? I think people still do it. Maybe that's more our age group of like, oh, just have what? Like, obviously, to people who don't have a drinking problem. Yeah. They're, they're still a kind of like, oh, just have another glass of wine. That still is a thing for sure, I think. But maybe that's the old people. Maybe, like us. Yeah, I get, yeah, I guess so. In some, in some setting. With some people. With some people. Yeah. Yes. But the term sober curious, I think, is a, is a good, great term. And it was coined by a writer called Ruby Warrington. She's written a book about it. And there's a great article in The Guardian about sober curiosity. It's a couple of years old, but it's a great piece, which I'm going to reference a couple of things from. And she said in this article that sober curiosity is about bringing a questioning mindset to every drinking situation rather than going along with the dominant drinking culture, which... I think is great <laughs> because I think we do. There is well, a massive... Well, I think do I actually want a drink? Is that... Oh, yeah. And that drinking is so or has been so normalised, I think, especially in the UK. I think compared to like the States, for example, you know, I think we just do have like quite a te- mm. booze heavy attitude in the in the UK. Yeah, it's yeah. like our national identity. Yeah. It? Like you go out drinking. Yeah. yeah. So this term sober curious is meant to be about kind of helping people that don't necessarily have an addiction problem or a problem with drinker, but but people kind of seeing it as a just, you know, an option and something that is connected to how you feel. So yeah. she describes it as reduced alcohol take is the next logical step in the wellness revolution, saying that it's absurd that you would have a day filled with yoga and eating clean, followed by a heavy night out. See, I don't think that's absurd don't I think, you no I just think not that you can't have fun without drinking or anything but just like why is it all or nothing like why can't you do yoga and whatever else you want to do and then go and have a few pints like there's nothing wrong with that yes I I agree with you because I think it's the moderate that's like the moderation isn't it if you can just have one or two but, so you mean like if you go and get smashed? Yeah, yeah. If you spend all day thinking, I'm working on myself, I just want to feel well, I want to feel good, and then you go out and you drink two bottles of wine, and then the next day you're like, why have I... <laughs> well, obviously going out and getting smashed and drinking two bottles of wine is not good for anyone, but like it's also, if you're not hurting anyone uh. and you want to do that, why not? We don't always need to be self-improving. That's true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it is interesting to look at it. Also how we, and I have just done this, is like they're all different things, aren't they? Like you can't undo drinking by working out. You can't, you, yeah. you don't earn point. It's not like it's a point system. It's just about how you feel and, mm-hmm. and whether you want to, what you want to do yeah. to feel good. Yeah. But I think one of the issues and something that I'm excited to get into with our guests today is around, are there any downsides to sober curiosity? And one of the 
topics that's been discussed around this is this idea that is it kind of minimizing maybe people that have got more serious addictions so if you're not if you're like serious sober <laughs> is somebody coming in and kind of faffing about with sober curiosity potentially damaging to a bigger to issue recovery. to recovery and as you said is there a kind of all or nothing thing mm. going on here and yeah how does drinking make us feel how does sobriety make us feel is there a fun and joy thing going on um so i think there's a lot to un pack yeah so we've got a guest coming in Who's today. Our guest today our guest today is yasmin spark and she founded a business called align events which is the uk's first vegan alcohol-free bar service yasmin is based here in oxfordshire she has not drunk for six years and she's really passionate about creating joyful alcohol-free spaces that bring people together so you can kind of have all the fun but without the anxiety the next day and it's all about great drinks that don't have booze in them that don't compromise on fun so she's going to be a great person to chat to great welcome yasmin to the podcast hello thank you for having me ladies we're so excited our first in real life guest <laughs> uh, yasmin can you tell us a bit about you and your your journey and what you're doing with the line events? Sure. So my name is Yasmin. Um, I am an ex-drinker. So I gave up drinking in 2016. So I think it's coming on seven years now. And for me, my journey, the reason that I quit drinking was because I struggled with alcohol misuse. So that was the reason that was my reason. And then my reason behind setting up a line events was throughout my sobriety journey, I realised that just because I had given up drinking, it didn't stop me wanting to have fun, it didn't stop me wanting to go out, it didn't stop me wanting to socialise. But wherever I went, there was like no options or like I literally had, I'd go into a bar and the bar people would be like, what? What are you talking about? You're looking for a non-alcoholic drink. They just uh, it was sort of felt a bit of a pariah. And then I think fast forward to 2021, I got sick of it. I, it was my birthday and I went out with my mum and we went to a spa and there was nothing. So they brought over for my birthday drink two mimosas and my mum was like, Wee! and I was like, hello, it's my birthday. Something has to change. And I knew I wasn't the only one that was like feeling that way. So I just decided to do it myself, right? If you can't find what you're looking for, you just do it yourself. And that's why I set up Align Events. Amazing. So it's a totally vegan, all non-alcoholic mobile bar service. So we do pop-ups and then we also do catering for like events. And sometimes we run our own events as well. Amazing. I love that. And I love like the fun and the joy that you obviously want to bring to people. Did you feel that was like missing? In the sober scene, yeah. So when I would go to meetings or, you know, if we've got like sometimes there's like sober book groups, it was great. You need that kind of solidarity. You need other people that have been through the journey with you. You need to do that grounding work. It's like quite a safe space to do healing. Um, but sometimes, you know, healing 
is it's always synonymous with fun. So yeah, like totally. this, this is this is the other side of it. Like you can have your Zen side, but then you also want to like meet other sober people, right? You've got so much energy. Now you're not drinking, you're not hungover. So like you want to go dancing, you want to go right. out. You still want to like take snaps for the gram and you need a beautiful yeah. drink to do that. That was what was missing, I felt, in the space. Yeah. Yeah, you get an orange juice or a Coke and that was it. And Yeah, yeah like who wants to take a picture of that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah like a, a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, even the word itself is sober. It's like, yeah, it's not... It's boring. It's it not like giving. Boring. It does sound yeah. boring, yeah. Not to like, be rude. No, <laughs> you're not. This is the thing. There are so many terms. And just because I use the term sober, like... For anyone, like whether you're sober curious, which is the new word, or you just don't drink, you're just mm. a non-drinker. I actually don't think we even need to put labels mm. on it, right? Like if you don't want to drink, whether for 24 hours or the rest of your life, that is your choice. But it's about having options. Right. Right. Def yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, I guess because you've been in it, you probably have seen an increase. But are you aware of kind of more people wanting the option? A hundred percent, which is like so great. So 2016, the only product that was available was Seedlip and that was like literally it. And then Heineken did their zero zero beer in, I think it was 2018. And everyone was like, woohoo. But in the last three years, there's just been like a launch of products. And that is because more people are thinking about their health. More people are thinking about actually like the reasons behind why they drink and the ways that these alcoholic products are being marketed to them as well. And more people just want a holistic lifestyle. So there's definitely a demand for it. And when we like, go to events and do the pop-ups, even like we get the full spectrum. So from complete non-drinkers to sober curious to actually I do drink, but I just wanted to see what this is all about and I want to have a nice drink. <laughs> Yeah. What's like the vibe like at the events that you get asked to come and be at? Is it that people want the option? Is it that people want maybe a more kind of wellness tinged event? What's the kind of energy? So we do a range. So it does range from wellness festivals. So there's still like a party element to it, but mostly it is parties. Right. <laughs> so it's like college balls or um, it will be like a dance event or a music event like held in a bar space, but we've taken over the bar. So it's always like festive events yeah. where people really want to enjoy themselves. They want to have fun. They've come to have fun. They just don't necessarily want that drinking, the alcoholic option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really interesting. Why do you think people still have this kind of idea that you have to have a drink in your hand to party or have a good time? Yeah, I think it's definitely changing, right? But we've been conditioned for yeah. so many years with like advertising and films and TV. Every time you see somebody who's like glamorous or cool or having fun, they do have a drink in their hand. Mm -hmm. Or every time they're doing something crazy or bold or adventurous or exciting, they've had a few drinks. So like in our brains, that gets locked in. And I think part of the journey when you stop drinking is like realising actually you can have so much fun and you don't need the alcohol. And like a lot of the times that alcohol is actually a blocker to mm. like enjoying yourself and having fun. Right. Yeah. And nowadays I think 
people are realizing, like, especially with the rise in wellness, right? Everyone wants to like go to the gym. They want to feel good. They want to do good things for their mental health. We are realizing none of those things involve alcohol. So there is just so many other ways that we can enjoy ourselves. Yeah. We were talking about elder millennials, which we both are. Yeah, so am I. And and how like drinking culture is much more of a thing in our friendship group. Yeah. Uh, Do you think it's different in like people in their 20s and early 30s? A hundred percent. Those are my main client base. Okay, yeah. Like they are, for, for whatever reasons, just not interested in like getting smashed like I Mm. I personally think it's because they've got too much to do like they've got seriously Mm. they've got so much to do like they're studying or they're young professionals and then their whole life like when we were younger oh well we had like Facebook and the start of Instagram but they they're on every single social media platform and that record stays with them for life and they know that so they're much more like savvy they're much more aware and I think that is driving the move away from alcohol as well Yeah. I spoke to somebody a a while ago and she was telling me about how so often when we go out, we will have some drink. It will be go, let's go for a coffee or let's go for a glass of wine and how so many social events are kind of, we use the caffeine or the booze is the kind of the reason it's like let's rather than actually I just want to see you you know I just want to I just want to connect with you I just but the drink is so often used as the kind of thing that we kind of put everything in in the the Mm. drink and I wonder whether there's something in wellness stuff that we do like I love to do I'll do every anything right I'll try any <laughs> like a rando new wellness thing I will you know I will do it and I wonder if there is something around wellness community events you know like Katie runs a, a yoga studio and wellness space and I just feel like so many of us we want a reason to connect with other people and I and I feel like when she said this to me about the drinks it just it resonated so hard with me because I think all the time I'll be like, do you want to go for a cup of tea or a cup of coffee? Or, And I just wonder if there's something in like wellness as maybe an opportunity to kind of feel or, you know, some of these things that we're maybe doing, which are kind of, you know, good for us, maybe is filling some of that gap or giving us more excuses. Let's go to yoga. Let's yeah. go to a women's circle. Let's do something else, maybe. I definitely think there is like a communication part, especially we're all coming out of the pandemic, aren't we? Like we've had to deal with loneliness, we've had to deal with isolation and anything that helps us to connect in a meaningful way, right? Like people are just crying out for that. Mm -hmm. Is that you saying that at the studio? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the studio where I run, people are generally not kind of super wellnessy non-drinkers green juice that they're sort of more normal people if that makes sense like the, the average kind of person so I don't see that so much but the thing that really resonate with everyone is we do we do some free events mm. and we do a book group we do a grief cafe and then paid for events like sound baths and things like that people are really keen to do all those kinds of things that are like meeting with other people, hanging out, generally not having a drink. Um, Although book club sometimes gets a bit boozy. But but yeah, I think there is definitely like this hunger for connecting with other people. And 
definitely a lot of people who are lonely or maybe moved to Oxford where we're based uh, during the pandemic and maybe haven't met that many people and they want to make friends. Yeah. And oh my God, I need to come to Sound Bath. I'll come to Sound oh, Bath. I love a Sound so Bath. So good. <laughs> so great. Excuse for a nap. It's always good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess in a, in a way, sometimes when you have a drink, that does, the first drink can like calm your nerves. But then after that, then you get into the like, oh God, I've overshared. Mm. Like I've tried too hard to bond and connect with this person. And then you're like into the angst the next day. And I guess a lot of this is giving us this opportunity to do that in a way that's not going to be like oh god what did I do you know or just I don't know it just strips away sometimes too much doesn't it I guess yeah I guess that's moderation as well though isn't it (laughs) but yeah yeah do you have any thoughts about drinking and mental health and not drinking and mental health I guess what do you think that there's been a kind of a lot of people I know don't drink now because it you know they've noticed the anxiety is terrible for me definitely I've was saying to Katie that I kind of didn't realize that drinking so much was the root cause of my anxiety and that now I kind of drink much more moderately because it's like a weighing up is what's yeah what do I want to feel and I think yeah and I guess there is more awareness of the links between drinking and mental health I think so for me definitely it did help like I had I always used to get really bad anxiety and Mm. also like physically I don't think that my body can actually tolerate alcohol like I was so sick after not even like drinking that much but I would just plow through and be like oh it's fine like it's normal (laughs) right but actually like I don't think it is like we're all different I just think some people's bodies aren't made for it but definitely a lot of people so um, I don't know if you guys know, but our logo is actually the sobriety symbol, like reworked. So I get a lot of people coming that have gone through AA or NA right. and they always report that like there's been such a big improvement in their mental health since they stopped drinking. And even if they're still struggling with like mental health issues, they're able to manage it so much better because you just don't have the alcohol like sort of getting in the way or delaying you or you know, if you're already an anxious person and then you go out and you black out and you can't remember what you did, the anxiety comes back like tenfold. You're like, yeah. oh my God, what did I do? So yeah, definitely the self-reporting aspect. But what I would say is, you know, if you do have mental health issues anyway, obviously, yes, stop drinking, but it's not going to be a cure. Like you still need yeah. to do yeah. take all the necessary steps. You know, I suffer with long-term CPTSD and I have a therapist been working with that therapist for years like that's something I did in tandem with the non-drinking but I would have had to do that anyway that's what I'm saying yeah it's not a substitute for a professional yeah help. basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sort of put that caveat yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think even like for me when I I was saying I, I don't drink that much at home but I'll go out and have a few drinks but for me like probably three drinks is my maximum and then if I drink more than that I know that I'm gonna feel like shit I'm not gonna sleep and I'm probably gonna be anxious the next day yeah but that's good if like if people can practice moderation like you can like I think that's amazing I personally couldn't so I would have the three drinks and be like 
okay, I'm going to go get three more, then I'm going to get three more. And then, you know, I might go and get some, score some cocaine. Like that's mm. how it was. So there's no moderation for me personally. But I think a lot of people, like you were saying, actually, especially sober curious people, they are the like three drinks people, but maybe they've noticed they're quite stressed and they've been drinking like a little bit more. And so right. they just want to find options out there where they can just cut back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe have three drinks once every couple of weeks rather than exactly. once. three times a week yeah Yeah. and I'm all for that like literally Mm, yeah (laughs) the sleep thing I think is is massive it's such a big because it's such a like crucial part of feeling well especially when you have kids and like you can't have a lion and and then you're like you're yeah because I guess drinking does have such an impact on your sleep but if you've been out and you've had some lovely non-alcoholic cocktails and then you know, just you've slept. You <laughs> spring amazing. out of bed yeah. the next day, right? And then you can have more fun the next day. Although there's something that I do quite enjoy about hangover sometimes, because if you're not horribly hungover, but you're a bit hungover, and if you're so, I co parent, so I don't always have my son. And if he's not with me, I'm like, it's kind of permission to do nothing. <laughs> it's like I'm hungover, so I'm not going to be able to get anything done anyway. So I can just like, lie in bed give yourself that permission I know I could do it anyway I know but yeah there's something that feels easier for me to do that if I'm like well I can't function so (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's a bit like when you have like a a tight like when you're on like the cusp of an illness or like yeah if you're if it's depressing that I need that but like I know but that's what we've been that's productivity culture for us isn't it yeah yes are there things about sober curious that annoy you as someone who doesn't drink because you can't moderate? Are there things? Oh. Is there ever any like difficulties where people are? I've never been asked this question no. before, so this is a really good question. Because there's obviously different reasons for not drinking, from like being an alcoholic to like just not wanting mm. to. Does it ever? piss you off or I don't it honestly it doesn't piss me off like the thing that I am fighting for I guess with the business is for more representation Mm -hmm. because actually it's great that there's a sober curious boom and and the sober movement but there are also like a whole host of other people who have never drunk like for religious reasons or health reasons and I do still feel like they're kind of being left out Mm. of the movement Mm. so I yeah I want we have like a really big focus on diversity and culture Um, and so I'm always trying to bring in other groups that are maybe they're like yeah we've been asking for these options for ages why is it (laughs) just now getting cool yeah (laughs) That's really interesting. I'd never thought about that at all. I guess similarly, do you think there's any like problematic territory that we're getting into if, you know, we are seeing so many more uh, low or no alcohol products, so much kind of like this boom around sober curious culture or kind of I guess like dabbling in sobriety do you do you think that that could be potentially like damaging and kind of minimize maybe where people do have real addiction issues and and real kind of illnesses like do you think there's a, a potential that we I don't know kind of yeah like minimize some serious issues oh that's such a good question by the way but it's really hard to judge 
at the moment how the landscape is going to look and how it's going to affect the various different groups within the sector. I mean, just speaking from my business, our focus has always been on supporting those in alcohol misuse. That's why we give 6% of profits to Alcohol Change UK. So they're the largest alcohol misuse charity in the UK. So it's not just about alcohol misuse, but it's also mindful drinking, healthy drinking. So that's like the company's focus. Are there going to be opportunists who jump on the bandwagon? Yeah, because there are in every industry. You know, what can we do? We can't mitigate them. But I think a large part of like coming to a, a sober event is that if there is somebody there like who genuinely does need help, like from my point of view, from a line events, we have people and staff who've been through that like we're not trained we can only direct you to resources but we know that journey mm-hmm. yeah um so I guess that's that's what I'm doing on our part to mitigate that yeah but yeah that's so interesting because we have got another episode in the series where we are looking at psychedelics and in that episode we look sort of talk about how one of the issues is people might be coming into this kind of area because they are looking for support and then they're involved in this area which is going to kind of potentially leave them kind of more vulnerable they're in a, a different state and I guess what's you know what's different here is alcohol use has been so normalized for so many of us for so long but actually we're not saying alter the state we're just saying like come back to your <laughs> to your normal state so I think that there's like there's less kind of area less opportunity for misuse I guess because we're saying just kind of you know, normalise not doing something, not do something else that's going to put you into a more vulnerable position. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people in early recovery, they they won't even drink non-alcoholic products because they're just worried about it being triggering. Like a non-alcoholic beer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and that's fine, mm. you know, like we do also do options that are like completely just juice so we don't use any other products and then I think some people who've who are sober curious or who have got more years of sobriety under their belt or who actually have never tried the taste of alcohol they will taste the products and be like oh what is this (laughs) they don't know and I'm like I love that I really love that (laughs) do you think there's any downsides to more people embracing sober curiosity or mindful drinking or sober living yeah. <laughs> it's never like gonna it. hurt you is it <laughs> it won't hurt you to drink less I do think it is really cool if sometimes when I go out with my friends I might be the only one not drinking sometimes and sometimes I'll go out and a couple of us are not drinking and that is really cool because then you can still have a good time but you're kind of you're on a level and I just it is I think it is cool when more people are kind of on the same vibe Yeah. Can I ask you a question? So how do you find, like when you're out with a group and so some of you aren't drinking and some of you are drinking, does that affect the dynamics or is there no effect? I think now I'm a bit older and I, so I, I think it might have affected it more if I was doing this when I was younger and I do you know and I do drink it's not but it's just sometimes I might make a choice that I'm not going to or I'm going to drive or you know whatever and I think my 
it, it depends on the vibe of the depends night. Depends how much they're drinking as well, right? It depends how much they're drinking. Yeah. I think sometimes there is a sense of like, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to stay out really late and you're not, you know, you're going, going home. Going home. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm happy with that choice. Um, but sometimes if it's, you know, like out for dinner and it's usually fine. The big thing for me is, because I've got young children, it's like, it's the sleep thing. And, mm. and I just can't stay out late <laughs> anymore and it's yeah like for me it's always like weighing up is this drink worth the like what you know the one two hour less sleep yeah. or you know like when my children were younger knowing that someone is going to be up multiple times in the night is it worth it mm. and and uh sometimes yeah and sometimes no so yeah or is me being a grumpy parent <laughs> worth it yeah tomorrow yeah yeah what would you suggest to people or have you got any ideas for people if they want to have a like a low alcohol or a no alcohol or sober celebration or a yeah product recommendations or recipes or just, just like general general adv- yeah would how you, do you have fun without booze would you oh. have <laughs> no just like like regular but you sub in if you want if you want sub in products so like there are some really amazing non-alcoholic like beers at the moment there's this guy called Mark Wong he's released a beer called Impossible Brew and that's like brewed with um mushrooms non-psychedelics uh, to make like a functional beer so it's non-alcoholic but like it's supposed to give you like a little party oh, buzz. party buzz interesting another product which I'm absolutely loving and every time we run it we run it in a sangria and a mulled wine people go you put something in this you put but we haven't it's called censure it's made by this professor called professor David Nutt and it does give you like such a like buzzy giggly chatty feeling and it, i don't know how he does it because it's completely non-alcoholic but uh he says it plays on the gaba receptors in the brain is there a danger if people are i mean i'm just thinking if you're having stuff that makes you feel a little bit high or chatty whatever, is there a danger of that for people in recovery or people it, it yeah. has been very controversial right um so there could be a danger if you have an addictive personality and you really like that feeling you're not going to get a hangover, but you probably would spend a lot of money. The product's right. very expensive. But so on a serious note, we do carry all kinds of options with the line of yeah. And I think for people at home, if you're choosing what to drink, I'd say, like, there are some products for me personally, I can't drink, it's too triggering. So right. any, like, red wine replicant, I cannot drink mm-hmm. at all. Like, so if you want to experiment with the non-alcoholic products, just pick and choose what's best for you. Right. I think. And also at the moment, unfortunately, you can't go into a store and ask an expert because they just, they're just. Yeah. Or like a pub. Are these products available in pubs and stuff? No. Doesn't exist. So I would say go online. There are some really good online bottle shops Mm. um, and the owners will be like more than happy to tell you like what's the best product or, you know, maybe there's also like a whole suite of grown-up sodas and grown-up non-alcoholic drinks right. as well. So that could be for someone out there as well. Yeah. A friend, well, I was in the pub recently and... Last night, Annabelle. No, a, d- a, different, a, different, a different pub. A different pub. And a friend that I was with went up to the... But it was my local, actually. It went up 
to the bar and said, have you got any non-alcoholic or low-alcoholic wines? And the barman just looked at her like she was... Yeah, which I was quite surprised by because I thought there would... You know, but hopefully we're going to get there, right? My, my local has stuff like seed lepin. Yeah. Uh, but like, not wine, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. But beer I, and, no alcohol beer and seed lep would be. But it's such a shame, right? Because there mm. are so many amazing non-alcoholic wines out there that people just do not know about. Yeah. Because no one's stocking them and they're not training up bar and pub staff yeah. so that they know. I don't have any control over that, but hopefully, hopefully people will be rolling out training programs. I mean, I've just done actually a no alcohol accreditation. So I can tell you about oh. beers. I can tell you about non-alcoholic beers, but I can't tell you about non-alcoholic wines yet. Yasmin, thank you so much for coming in to chat to us. If people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Okay, so probably best to get on social. So TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, we are at align underscore events underscore. Or the website, you can just drop a message. It's www.alignevents.co.uk. And thank you for having me, girls. Oh, thanks thank for coming. Thank you so much. <laughs> Well, great chat with Yaz about all things sobriety. What do you think then, Katie? Well, I feel like I'm much more inclined to try some of these drinks after chatting to her. And also, if not drinking gives you that level of energy, then I'm, I'm well up for it. <laughs> yeah. I love, yeah, like her whole thing is about joy and fun and I think that's amazing. And I think the idea that you have to have a drink in your hand to achieve those things, it's great if, if there are alternatives to that. Yeah, I do love a sunny pint and I love being in pubs and I like that. But I might have a pint and then like a mushroom beer or something. Yeah. I mean, I did <laughs> quite up for that. I did that last night. I had one drink and then one San Pellegrino. Well, you were driving though. <laughs> if you weren't driving... You might have had another yeah, one. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think more awareness, more options is can only be a good thing. Yeah. I think that, I think it's fantastic. If there's options, if there's still things that are fun, that feel fancy, feel like a treat, taste good, maybe give you a, a non-alcoholic buzz as well, if that's not going to be problematic for you. Yeah. Then I think fantastic. Yeah, it is, it is that thing of there might be a time where I'd be like, I really fancy an espresso martini, but actually... I could do with not having the booze. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have the option. I Definitely. think it's really good. That's really new. I think that's really, really new over the last year or two even that the options have become much, much more diverse and much better. And I think that sometimes as well, if you're out, for example, if you're having a drink, you know, if other people are drinking, there's no need to like announce, oh, I'm not drinking. Yeah. You know, especially if you've got like a non-alcoholic espresso machine. Great. Like, why not? Yeah, like, you don't have to tell you anyone, do you? There's no need for anyone yeah. to know if you're at a party. If it's you're... not like you're clutching a J2O or something. <laughs> God, do you remember them? <laughs> Awful. That's how we know we've come far. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> it's nice drinks now, not J2O. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think the idea that it has to be all or nothing is, it, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Mm. There can be a middle ground. There can be options that work for you and that's great yeah if it, if it does Yasmin gave us some real really great insight around 
what it's like to be a person that has decided not to drink and how she feels about other people kind of dabbling in it or experimenting yeah. with non-drinking. And it, it seems that what she said and from some of the other pieces that I've read around that, that actually it's it's a it's a positive thing that Yeah. I think there's a, there's this debate around vegans, isn't it? Why do you want vegan meat? Why are you looking for the taste of meat? But like why not why can't people look for the taste of meat but not want to eat it and it's the same thing like with being sober why wouldn't you want something that tastes like wine if that's okay for you to have that then great I mean wine without the alcohol that tastes the same I'm yet to judge if it tastes the same but if that's works for you then yeah great yeah totally and I think also then there's an argument for that we've been so conditioned you know, especially maybe people in our age group and above have been so conditioned to drinking culture totally. that actually if there is, an, is, a, is a kind of an alternative that's going to help you shift out of that, then great. And not, you know, you don't have to answer questions about why you're not drinking. Like you might not be drinking for like a million reasons. So if, you, you know, we're just normalising mm. options. I think it's also really interesting that my entire social life at university, and I think most people's my age, revolved around booze. Either yeah. at home or in the pub. That was what we did. And, um, like, that was fun. But also, if you're looking now at 20-somethings, it's not like that at all. And, yeah. and a lot of them are going to these sober events or, or not drinking. I think that's a really interesting shift happening and how that's going to change throughout their lifetime will be interesting as well. Yeah, totally. Will they be like in the pub? Like what happens to pub? Yeah, because pubs are a really nice, you know, they are a good... Pubs are nice. Pubs are nice. Like nice pubs are nice. They're great for social, yeah, social great like, for community. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it, and um, Maybe they just have to get more on board with uh, sober drinking. Yeah, get the no alcohol wines in. Yeah. You got your vegan roast, get some. Yeah. I wonder if it might be like that, that I've been vegetarian for 25 years. Mm. And I do remember when I was younger, like it was so like, oh God, like, and there's one one vegetarian yeah, option on the menu. And cheese. Yeah, yeah, or like roasted, what is it? Like risotto and. <laughs> Nut loaf. <laughs> um, but like, I, I do wonder whether it is going to become more and more like we've seen with vegetarian menus like now with vegan dishes or free from dish like yeah. just more and more and that's great I think so I think people are always going to look for ways to like get out of their heads whether that's drug or drugs or drink or whatever I think that's probably always going to be a thing but maybe it'll be less or maybe it would be more low-key like people going to the pub and microdosing on mushrooms and, and drinking you know non-alcoholic beer or, or whatever might be more yeah where it's going it'd be interesting to see yeah I think maybe it's more kind of like conscious drinking which is hard when you've had a a few yeah because you're not conscious then at that well fully conscious of what you're doing once you've had a couple of drinks you tend to want another one yeah because it's like then you're in the flow Mm. aren't you you don't want it to stop but I guess normally it gets to 9 30 I'm like well it's bedtime I know I can't have another one yeah yeah but yeah, I think just more awareness, mindfulness, mindful drinking, conscious drinking, whatever, you know, just it not being so ingrained in us that we have to heavily drink to have a good time is, mm. is only a good thing, I think. 
Yeah. Although I would say you can still have a good time whilst heavily drinking. Yes, sometimes. Sometimes with caution. Yes. If it's appropriate for you. Yes. Caveat. caveat. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Come and find us on Instagram at Selfie Development Pod. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. We recorded this podcast at Story 94. Thanks so much to Nick and Matt for editing and production.